Hello, everyone. You are listening to Talks Around the Coffee Cups, the podcast I talk with my honorable nerd friend. I'm Chie from Japan, living in Amsterdam, believing I'm not nerd enough. So I want to bring all my amazing friends who have something or many things they really love. And I think they are great nerds with good hearts. Today's my coffee buddy is Sunny. Hello, how is it going? <laughs> Literally, you are like coffee buddy. So I think it's really interesting for the recording to say how we met. We met June? In June. June. This year, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're in a fuku and I just randomly walked in and I gave you pastry because you said hungry. Mm-hmm. And then you are at that time, you are at the point. To go back to Jakarta, your home,、yes. to start roasting, or like you started like small scale、mm-hmm. in a coffee, coffee well, roast. Ac- actually, when we met, I already roasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was already roasting at that time when、uh, I came here just uh, uh, to meet some old friends, Jasper being one of them. Haven't met him in one and a half years、uh-huh. well, since the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> and.、Uh, Yeah, I was really happy to meet old friends and make new friends like the owner of this <laughs> podcast right now.、So、yeah. yeah, and then now, like, you just came back. You just walked in, like, during my morning coffee.、Mm-hmm. And, like, hey, I was like, hey. Out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, and then we just said podcast.、Uh-huh. So we just suddenly start, like, recording. But now you're working, you're, like, you still, you went back to Jakarta. Yes, I did. Come back to Berlin.、Mm-hmm. And working as a barista, but、yes. soon you、mm-hmm. will start like roasting、bigger. my own, yeah, production roastery. So the whole story is that、uh, in 2020, September, I took part in a coffee roasting course in Copenhagen in a Coffee Mine Academy.、Uh-huh. There was the intermediate course, and then、uh, I had a lot of thinking, especially during the pandemic, about what I want to do with、uh-huh. uh, my life. And even at the beginning of the pandemic, I saw a lot of coffee shops and cafes closing down. And those that survive are actually those that are backed up by a roastery. So、mm-hmm. I thought to myself, well, I want to have a career in specialty coffee. And so I thought, let me just,、uh, you know, roast my own in the future. So that's why I took part in that、uh, coffee roasting course. And then after that, I invested on an Ikawa machine. It's a sample roaster,、uh, 50 gram capacity. Ah, that's so small! Yeah, it is small. And I went back to Indonesia, started roasting coffee out of there. And yeah, well, I started a roastery out of Nikawa. I sell my coffee between 50 grams to 150.、Mm-hmm. Well, some people ask for 250 grams, and、uh, yeah, I mean. Some people say customers are always right, but、uh, <laughs> if they request for 200, 250 grams, then I would gladly do that. So, yeah, I was back in Indonesia. I、uh, bought、uh, Costa Rican Geisha, that was、uh, the beginning of my、uh, roasting in Indonesia. And I also sourced、uh, a few of the hidden gems of、uh, Indonesian coffee. So, yeah, I, I built a small customer base in、uh-huh. Indonesia. I was really happy that、uh, a few cafes in Indonesia actually took my coffee nice. to offer. Nice, and, nice. And、uh, uh, just, yeah, just a filter offering in the、uh, well, seasonal、uh, offering. 
And then when I went back to Europe at that time, I actually uh, was sourcing coffee and Jasper being one of the guy who provided me a coffee. So the first time we met, I was actually dealing uh, green beans with my <laughs> Jasper. I brought back three kilo of his uh, geisha, Colombian geisha, yeah. uh, processed by Diego Bermudez, and it was a hit in Indonesia. It was really, really exotic coffee, and I was really happy. So I went back to Indonesia uh, after Chie and I met. I was supposed to fly out of Amsterdam. Uh, we were supposed to do this podcast five months earlier, but there was an outbreak in the Netherlands at the time, and I decided to fly out of Frankfurt. And I went back to Indonesia for two months, sold out most of my coffee. I had six different coffees uh, that I offered at the time for geishas, one San Juan, one San Bernardo variety. Uh-huh. And I went back to Europe and I, uh, I continued uh, with uh, pursuing knowledge at the coffee mine. I took part in the professional roasting course and then uh, I passed and I got a recommendation letter from the trainer, Morten Mucho. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, I started looking for a job all over the world. I sent in uh, applications from Canada to New Zealand. And uh, I ended up in Berlin, which was where you I are was being. Time, yeah. <laughs> But you have been barista for a long time before. Like, I mean, you were barista and then you went to Ross, coffee Ross. Uh, yeah, well, not directly, but uh, I was I was a barista back home in Indonesia. So mm-hmm. how I got into uh, how I got into specialty coffee would be a whole new story. <laughs> I was uh, so I first moved to Europe in 2016 in April. At that time, I was learning German in Munich, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. which is the greatest place to learn German in Germany <laughs> because. It's a big city and not many people speak German. No, not many people speak English. So yeah, yeah. I have to speak German every day. And then after I passed my language exam, I traveled. I went to Copenhagen. One day I was riding bicycle and I got lost. And I ended up in the roastery. A famous roastery by the name of Coffee Collective. And I asked for a, I asked for a black coffee, but I don't want espresso. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't even know the term of it. It was actually filter coffee. Oh, so you didn't? I didn't know. So wow. yeah, I didn't know that it was called filter coffee. Ah, okay. So and my coffee offering was the coffee that was uh, brought to Brewers World Brewers Cup by Michaela, who ended up as a runner-up. So my first coffee was a Kenyan Kieni. Wash process. You remember all the yeah, detail. It was a funky coffee, I yeah. would say. It's really fruity. Uh, I mean, yeah, every, everyone knows that Kenyan coffee is fruity, but uh, Kieni or something else. So I went back to Indonesia after uh, after my uh, language learning visa 
expired because I still didn't have uh, uh, opportunity. No, I, I still didn't have uh, letter of uh, admission from the university. So I went back to Indonesia, and uh, yeah, I thought well, specialty coffee is an interesting thing. So I decided to visit the uh, coffee farmers in Indonesia. Oh yeah, so your country is one of the country to yes, produce. Yes, it is a oh, uh, coffee producing country. By the way, I'm from Indonesia, <laughs> if I haven't mentioned that. <laughs> interesting, interesting. So, yeah, and then when I was uh, back in Indonesia, I eventually I got a letter of admission from the university and I was waiting for my uh, visa. So I took part in a coffee course that I thought was uh, uh, focusing more I thought it was focusing more on the farming and uh, roasting aspect of uh, coffee industry but okay. turns out to be just another barista course and uh, the place that I went to actually own a, a coffee shop in Indonesia and all those who participated in the coffee course could go to the cafe for an apprenticeship. Okay. I was there for six months uh, until eventually I left for uh, Europe. And uh, when I was in Europe, I was just a home brewer, just uh, brought coffee. I eventually bought coffee equipment because at that time I was living in Vienna, Austria. I didn't really like what they were offering so i thought let me just uh invest myself. yeah invest in my own equipments and yeah start uh brewing coffee by myself at least uh, that by doing that i could learn what to do with coffee the char characteristics of coffee what to do what not to do with uh, coffee beans and uh yeah i was there for a year and after a year i moved to cologne mm -hmm. Uh, because at that time I was doing business law in Vienna and in Cologne I was doing law, just law. So yeah, I was doing law in German. <laughs> that sounds, do you, do you think, because now you're like a much more like a care about, like a not care, but like you are the roaster, you, you touch beans, like do you think the perspective on your country, because like Indonesia's coffee land, do you think like the perspective on your, your country changed after like, it's so weird, like you, you mm -hmm. came to like, Europe to find out about sort of your country yeah. and like, mm -hmm. well, I can do it in the home. Yeah. Like, that's sort of locally sourced. True. Do, do you think it's the, like, the perspective on your country change? Yeah, speaking of perspectives, uh, I always know that in specialty coffee, if you want to start a cafe, you always, have, you, you always head in the direction of uh, Australia, mm. Melbourne style coffee shops but yeah. I know in terms of roasting in specialty coffee it's always uh, light roast which is uh, prominent in Scandinavia okay. uh, so back home in Indonesia there 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 wasn't there weren't much there, there weren't many coffee roasteries that actually roast uh, the Scandinavian style okay but now you start seeing them like uh, I know a few great roasteries in Indonesia uh, I wouldn't say that uh, they're a copy paste of the Scandinavian style kind okay. of roasting 
but uh, I'm always uh, out for an adventure in terms of uh, Indonesian coffee in Europe because uh, I haven't found a roastery in Europe that uh, could roast Indonesian coffee the way it's supposed to taste when you roast it lightly until I the f uh, my first ever encounter was a uh, roastery in Sweden called Gringo mm -hmm. that I found out then during the uh, Stockholm Coffee Festival in 2019 right before the pandemic mm -hmm. they had a coffee from uh, Sumatra I think it's from Jambi and uh, yeah it changed my perspective that well you could actually roast lightly and well for Indonesian coffee mm -hmm. and uh, fried hats well where we are right now in Fuku they've been roasting uh, coffee from West Java and they taste different from the roasteries in Indonesia that have the same coffee it could be because they're processed differently I know mm -hmm. that uh, the processor or the producer of uh, yeah. coffee uh, in Indonesia work with uh, Nordic approach so that could be a factor uh, so yeah my objective in Europe is actually to raise awareness that uh, Indonesian coffee is actually not that bad compared to Ethiopian, Kenyan or Colombian and uh, also to raise awareness in people that uh, hey uh, I mean, to some people, I'm the first Indonesian guy in coffee in Europe that they meet. That is cool. I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's also this, that's your experience with me. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, like, there is a direction now. Yes. Like your yeah. your sort of like dream, like you want to like yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we were talking about like the six months ago you were at the point of like new beginning mm -hmm. and now you are going to have like larger, larger scale of roasting mm -hmm. machine. Yeah. And you were so excited about it. It's like mm -hmm. and then now you're talking about there is something I can do yeah. as the guy from the like land of coffee mm -hmm. there's a Indonesian beans that you can like talk as Indonesian mm -hmm. hey this is my land beans that, and this is like be fun to roast this way mm -hmm. this is so it's just really nice that you're just really walking the path mm -hmm. like started from like you got lost and I didn't know even like the name filter coffee and like yeah. no you're not you're walking mm -hmm. quite not lost it's like you definitely see this is what I want to do mm -hmm. And you keep saying that, like, you know, what I'm going to lose. Yeah, speaking of new beginning, I'm actually working to start my own production roastery. Right. So, uh, I'm no, uh, I will, of course, uh, still continue roasting on my ikawa, uh -huh. especially for uh, exotic beans, exotic mm -hmm. selections. But uh, I found several friends, two friends in Indonesia actually, one in Jakarta, another one in Medan. They have a probat machine, the one in Jakarta roasts on a 5 kilo probat, the one in Medan, which is the capital of Sumatra, owns a 12 kilo probat. So 
in two or three months, I hope to buy my first pallet of green beans. And yeah, I would like to showcase my knowledge in Europe to the audience in Indonesia. That's, that's my plan. That's really nice, like 50 gram to five. Five kilo, yeah. <laughs> 100% increase. Yeah, that's that's amazing. No, then, not 100%, 100 times. Yeah. I have to correct that. <laughs> see, see, like, now it's it's so good. Like, I really like that you say, yeah, like, what's to lose? And, like, if I, like, if I can't do it, I'm going to have knowledge and I can go anywhere. That, that, that's so nice. That's really free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because right now I'm still working in Berlin. I work for a world-renowned roastery called Five Elephant. I'm just there as a barista. Uh, it's really enjoyable meeting customers, and uh, we actually we actually get tired of uh, doing work. Mm. I mean, pulling espresso shots and uh, steaming milk. Uh, it's well, that to say, it's a really busy place in uh, Berlin. Uh, I mean, I, if I compared it to uh, the coffees in Indonesia, people like the people working at a cafe actually get tired of waste, uh, waiting for uh, customers. <laughs> because uh, the coffee scene in Indonesia is not that similar in Europe, okay. specialty coffee. Uh, in Indonesia, it's more of uh, iced coffee. Oh, iced yeah, black, yeah. iced white. Yeah. Well, you're Japanese, I'm sure you're <laughs> familiar <laughs> with that I also. I can understand that. Yeah. Just in that way, I guess, like, yeah, with temperature, mm -hmm. like, it's a warm place. Yeah. And then maybe, in that case, like, you could be the first one bringing, like, European style. In, like, it, you become, like, sort of bridge. Mm -hmm. And then between... You can like you can do both, yeah. and then like speaking of like bringing like being barista, we were talking about like so you you already gave me your your beans like you the, your coffee and then we just had a like taste of it mm -hmm. and I was asking you like now you are like barista so you you know what you are sort of making like what you deliver to the customer and you can actually see them drinking and like some reaction and everything and then what we were talking about is when you roast the beans mm -hmm. Jasper just uh, brew for us mm -hmm. so like there will be someone to understand your coffee yeah. I like to have uh, different opinions about my coffee. Mm -hmm. Well, in Indonesia, it's pretty difficult because uh, my audience is only my uh, customers. And most of my customers, well, I'm really happy. Most of them are satisfied with my coffee. But uh, I don't think it's... Uh, it's hundred percent good when people only compliment my coffee. That's, that's I, true. That's true. Because I want people to actually give me opinions. Like if you want to criticize my coffee, go ahead, uh, because that gives me a room to improve my quality. So uh, I was really happy. I uh, have a group of uh, fellow cuppers in Berlin. We meet for a cupping session every week or every two weeks. Uh, sometimes I have my, uh, sometimes I have my own beans. Um, sometimes I buy beans and I bring for a cupping session. And we know uh, the 
you know, the things I have to do with my roasting, like what I have to change, uh, why does it taste a certain way, how can I improve my roasting, is it underdeveloped, is it overdeveloped, is my uh, charge or end temperature for roasting coffee too high or too low, so it's nice to have uh, fellow coppers and uh, fellow like-minded coffee nerds in Berlin. <laughs> it sounds so... Whenever like a, like a coffee nerd saying coffee ascension, I kind of imagine it's like a secret society. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like get together, yeah. just like having coffee and like mix. It sounds so secret society ritual just that my classified nature <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of weird but i think it's really nice to think that you're here in Belvin or here like what i thought of from your your story is a bit like you're gonna set new scene in the indonesian coffee scene because and like it's like i'm not saying new trend but like you could have different way to make coffee and uh, you have the like beans to do it you could i don't say educate but you can sort of like let the baristas do the way so like it's like your game in indonesia and it's like right now in the building it's a bit like you preparing yourself for like you kind of like get all the knowledge and information like soaking up like connection and everything right now and then when you get into uh, Jakarta or Indonesia back it's like your game like this is what I want to do this is like if you are the first one if you are the frontier it's like your game like you can do anything because the people have to play your game I think it's really cool well not to say that uh, they are not 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 to say that there are no light roasters in yeah, Indonesia, yeah, yeah, but uh, not everyone have uh, an experience in uh, specialty coffee in terms of career in uh, Europe. Mm -hmm. The way uh, you in get Indonesia, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And fortunately, I do uh, being a. Uh, barista at uh, Five Elephant myself right now and uh, yeah I could uh, I could actually what I well what I really want to do is actually bring what is common in Europe to Indonesia mm -hmm. also you want to yeah you want sorry you yeah. want to bring Indonesia to Europe too like mm -hmm. right uh, well, both ways actually. Well, I, I would like to bring, well, in the future, I, I hope to export Indonesian beans to Europe myself. But uh, when, I, when I told you about uh, bringing what's in Europe to Indonesia, I mean uh, the common practices, let's say. Like in Europe, all across Europe, especially before the pandemic, there were uh, regular public cupping for uh, people to... No, that's the great society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, this is not a secret. This is, uh, well, it's a public secret, yeah, you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know several roasteries in Berlin and uh, even Fuku at, for, a, for a certain period of time, uh, they did a public cupping once a month, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've been in a public cupping at Fuku yourself. Uh, so it's uh, to bring people around together some people to 
let people know about uh, what you have uh, uh, to offer mm -hmm. and also it's a good opportunity to discuss with uh, between the producer and uh, customers mm -hmm. in this sense uh, roaster and uh, coffee enthusiast of uh, how the roasters uh, roast the coffee and what you could expect from the coffee mm -hmm. and you can also get uh, direct feedbacks from your customers or fellow coffee enthusiasts on uh, what they like and what they could improve uh -huh. in the future. So uh, that would be one of my ultimate goal. Uh, I mean, in, I'm planning to start my own roastery first. Actually, I would like to, I mean, Fried Heads is a good uh, model of a roastery. They started off as a roastery uh -huh. and then uh, they only opened Fuku several years after uh, yeah, they yeah, started yeah. a roastery, which is great. And uh, well, if I were to have my own cafe in the future, it's gonna be small and quaint like uh, like Fuku. Uh, it's just a space for people to try the coffee and of course my focus would be to sell my coffee beans. So uh, yeah, I hope to I hope to realize that uh, dream in the future. And actually. I have this uh, crazy concept of a cafe where uh, I would actually serve black coffee, so it's only espresso and filter coffee. Uh, well, it's true coffee bar situation. Most, most, most of my friends in Indonesia say that it's not a good idea. Well, it would be great if... Uh, I mean, it would be a great idea if uh, my roastery is doing well and uh, I'm not planning to make money out of a cafe, but... Uh, well, I have to adjust, uh, I have to make some adjustments with that, maybe I provide uh, milk coffee in on weekends and on weekdays it's just espresso and uh, filter coffee. Yeah, no, that sounds cool to think about it, but if you think on a uh, business perspective, uh, no, like you did business law. No, going bankrupt with it. But like, see, like, in Japan, like a jazz kissa situation, like tiny cafe, mm -hmm. so nerd owner, yeah. and they you can't really order like fancy frappuccino situation. There's like no black coffee done, and then they still exist for long. And then they have a customer, they just like royal and like really, really love them. Mm -hmm. And I think more niche you can go, that's the people who just really want to be there. Yeah. And that's much more like, and I, I, you know, like, I'm listening to you, like, June, too. It's so fun because there's so many dreams and so many things you want to do. And then you, you're walking in it. It's like you're definitely walking step by step. And everything is like, look at you. You're just really, like, full of joy. And that, that inspired, like, that, that joy and passion is definitely that there and that looking at you doing that makes me just happy well thank you it's talking, definitely happy well talking of uh, starting point when we first met uh, yeah uh, I was in the beginning of uh, establishing myself as a roaster and now that uh, we meet again uh, yeah I'm, I have a starting point also uh, planning to start a production roastery, yeah. and I hope in the future there will there will 
also be a starting point. I don't know. Maybe I start uh, processing coffee. Maybe I start uh, farming coffee in Indonesia. So yeah, there's a lot to explore in uh, specialty coffee. Then there will be fuku too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Indonesia, fuku. Hopefully, <laughs> the the chef in a fuku say fuku too, mm-hmm. and I say fuku too. Mm-hmm. And if you write f u k u t u, it means in Japanese never bend. Like never an, bend. Like never bend, bend mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Like anything push over, never bend over. Oh, never bend. Okay. Yeah, like All never right. give up type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, what? Lex, Dylan, <laughs> Jasper, if you're listening, <laughs> come invest in Indonesia. <laughs> well, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. I I'm really really happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, dream big. Just dream big. Mm-hmm. It comes through. It just definitely comes through. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Well, I have a question. For Chie also, if yeah. uh, I have uh, Indonesian friends uh, listening to this podcast, I, uh, this is probably your first time listening to Chie's podcast. So Chie, uh, let me reverse the role and ask you, how did you get into uh, specialty coffee? So it's okay. No, this is weird. No, so nearly well more than ten years ago in Japan. Like my friend in, in the like social media, in, like Twitter friends, mm-hmm. one of the guys started talking about specialty coffee, and everybody was like, "What the heck are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. And everybody didn't know what specialty coffee. I think it was like the time that started coming in in Japan, like ten years or a little bit more than ten years. Mm-hmm. And one this guy was in in somewhere in to- uh, Japan and he came to Tokyo and then bring his friend in Twitter do cupping session and I didn't know what it is they just get together and it seems like drinking or like you know just having coffee yes having coffee and I thought that's that's why I said is a secret society type of ritual you guys do it are you guys bringing like evil to the life that was my joke and that's the only time that I heard specialty coffee and then in Japan getting bigger I'm not coffee nerd I love tea I'm tea person I'm saying that to everyone I get excited in tea house but I I don't think I steal any specialty coffee I'm just a customer of fuku in that way I'm drinking specialty coffee without knowing anything I think that's my really but that's that. That's like ten years ago, nearly ten years ago in Japan. There was a like people start say talking about like word cupping and a specialty coffee, and I think it's it's happening in everywhere in the world. Like sooner or later, everybody talking about specialty coffee. Yeah. Have you ever worked in specialty coffee yourself? No. no. Okay. I know how to make coffee, and I stopped making coffee. My two life goal that I'm committing is one: I don't buy t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Two: I don't make coffee, which includes like nothing to do with barista work. They will, they wear t-shirt. Mm-hmm. They make coffee. I become, <laughs> I become like a, a professional drinker for coffee. Mm. How's that? That's my relationship. I have a, I have a cup tattoo on my arm. Ooh, nice. To prove that I'm a customer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. 
Yeah, so that's really, for me, it's really interesting to hear a person who made coffee like Jasper did a podcast with him, and now I'm doing it. Like, the perspective of a person who's making it, like, other side, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. It's just a whole different world behind the bar, mm-hmm. and it's behind the beans, and a farm, and all these things related, and you're from the land of coffee. Mm-hmm. And then you're going back there. Mm-hmm. To make the scene by you yeah. making such a special coffee and a special place for coffee mm-hmm. for people. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, wish me luck. I wish you huge luck for everything. Thank everything. you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming and then talk with me. And everyone, thank you so much for listening and mm-hmm. see you next week. Mm-hmm.